Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 23, season two of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Good evening, Richie. Um, it was an interesting round of footy with an impromptu break in the middle, but on either side of that, we had some good games, including a tense Warriors victory. Evening, Brad. Uh, outstanding to be here with you, as always. Uh, yeah, <laughs> really interesting round. Um, you know, Brett. Um, it's a bit, us bit um, strange with the, with the last few games being pushed out a day, so uh, a bit, bit worried there what might happen, but... We got a full round in and we got the Warriors with a victory. So it doesn't get much better than that. Definitely, definitely. And while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of our round 20 matches and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions from all of you. Um, before we go into um, a preview of round 21 and make our picks there, and then time pending, um, hopefully in the night with a recap of the Super League. So uh, remember to send us comments throughout the night and your questions as well, and we may as well get straight into the top stories of the week, Richie. Yep. Let's go. Um, so I think I think first one really is uh, the COVID shutdown that happened um, during the weekend. Um, there was a lockdown in Queensland that uh, kind of came – out of nowhere, um, took us all a bit by surprise. It forced the NRL to um, cancel their Saturday matches, but they were able to scramble and um, get them organised to be played on Sunday and Monday. Um, what were your thoughts? Um, I know in my household, we we kind of, uh, sounds horrible, I was going to say, we kind of forgotten the whole COVID situation um, yep. and like how it can change things because we're, we're relatively touching a lot of wood right now um safe i guess mm. is the words but um what do you think once it developed yeah well, like i was saying before heart stopping stuff you know <laughs> um you didn't know what was going to happen there but i think i guess one thing we can give peter vlandy's credit for is he's been pretty good at scrambling and coming up with um contingency plans 
um, to keep keep the game going when this COVID thing sort of rears its head. So, um, yeah, the NRL, the NRL did a good job to reschedule those games and get them all played. Definitely, definitely. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't a fan of the, the last games of the round's kickoff time um, for a New Zealand fan. Um, being there at um, 10 o'clock at night on a Monday is a bit brutal, but um, yeah. good to see all the games go through. And, um, yeah, happy that we got the whole whole round out and see Mark's in. Um, Hello, Mark. Good evening, Mark. Um yeah, so yeah, good to see them go on. Hopefully, there's not too much um, more happening um, this week, so we don't get any more um, potential delays. But I'm sure we've seen there that they um, have the ability to scramble when they need to, so uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but next back, kind of going on from COVID, is the grand final location is still up in the air. Um, we've got um, oh, we've got Nigel in as well. Hello, hey, Nigel. Um, yeah, so grand final location still not set in stone. Suncorp and MCG are the front runners. However, I saw uh, a little piece from Andrew Voss calling for the match to come to New Zealand. Um, what, are, what is your take on that? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, I've always loved Vossy. What a great idea. Be a nice little pat on the back for NZ, wouldn't it? A bit of a pay uh, payback for the Warriors' sacrifices. But more than likely, it'll be Suncorp or MCG. But, yeah, I like Vossi's thinking there from a biased a biased guy. Yeah, um, I think it's a pipe dream. Uh, it would be great. Yeah. It would be great to yeah. see it. But um, the odds of them doing that um, is very unlikely. The MCG holds a lot of people. Um, it does, yeah, I, think it, I think it's – but I think um, – how the mark might be able to help us in australia but how close is grand final weekend to um the aussie rules finals that are in mcg or in melbourne as well are they around the same time i don't know if they'd want to clash um but i think it will come down to whichever place can hold the most people um covid related um obviously queensland and melbourne um have had their struggles with covid mm. Um, we've got Simon. Um, he likes Sun. Simon says uh, he likes Suncorp himself. MGG should be second to last, um, but it's not a good place to watch rugby league. Yeah, it's a cricket ground, and, so it's a big circle, isn't it? Quite far away yeah. from the action. Yeah. And um, Nigel's saying it's one week before, and Simon saying the same weekend. Um, Mark saying same weekend as well. Um, so it, it could potentially be on a sad day, and then grand final on the Sunday, so they might not like that. But I think it's going to be, like I said, whoever can get the most people in, um, COVID allowing. Um, if Suncorp can get a full capacity, I think they'll probably stick there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, as long as it's played in front of a crowd, I think it's the main thing. You don't Has really to want to have the grand final played in an empty stadium. Um, it kind of loses the atmosphere. But, yeah, we'll keep our ear to the ground and hopefully have an answer for the show next week or the week after, depending on when they announce it. Um, next bit of news, the uh, Women's Rugby League Premiership, uh, the NRLW, is going to be postponed until October and will be a standalone six-week event. Due to COVID in Sydney, they wanted to push it back. Um, I don't actually mind this call. Um, typically, it's played 
um, during the men's finals and played as like mm. a, a warm-up match, letting them stand on their own two feet, um, giving them their own time to shine, I think is a lot better. Gives them, gives them the chance. You, I suppose you can run the risk of potentially having less eyes on the product if it doesn't have a, a big game after it. But from what I've seen in the first two years of it, they're actually really enjoyable um, games. Yeah, there's um, it's really good. I I enjoyed a lot, and um, I think getting the chance to um, to stand on their own two feet. Um, see, Mark said he'd love it at a standalone comp, and Mike said he would love it to be played in New Zealand um, for the final. But yeah, I think it's um, there's some great talent in there. Unfortunately, the Warriors aren't in it, as we've discussed a few weeks ago. But um, a lot of their, their key players have found um, spots in other clubs, so they get to still play. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's always good football. Yeah, yeah agreed. I don't mind it as a standalone thing like, like you and Mark say, um, you know, kind of gives it, give it, gives it its own spot. So, yeah, it doesn't have a big game after, afterwards, but, you know, it might actually get decent viewership on the tally because of that. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, another little bit of news, um, Tavita Pangai Jr. set to make his debut um, from the bench this week for the Panthers against the Roosters. And, and um, we also get to see Dale Copley um, return to the Roosters after a stint in 2016 as he's been released um, by the Broncos to join them effective immediately. Um, interesting to see. Uh, we've seen a lot of it. Um, we talked prior to the show about um, no one's really making a scene of players jumping from one team to another um, midweek. But when Roger did it, it kind of got um, a bit more press, but um, makes it fresh. I still, I still kind of roll my eyes a little bit at the Panthers doing the, where we got injuries and stuff and we need some help. Um, it's yeah. It's interesting. Um but I'm looking forward to see how he goes. Um, I still think he's a hell of a talent. Um, I think he he's played he played pretty well in parts for Brisbane this year, and um, he's definitely a, a strength um, to add to the already strong Panthers pack. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty similar to you. It's <laughs> the Panthers saying they have injuries, so who, who doesn't look at the Roosters and. The storm had to put up with a patch there, uh, with a bit of a injury toll, and they still get marching on. But um, seeing what Tavita can do in a setup like the Panthers will be interesting. You know, maybe it brings out the best best in him. And um, on Copley, I guess the Roosters just need any sort of any sort of back they can get right now. Yeah, yeah, they actually do need help. So yeah, um, not that the results are showing it, but yeah. Um, be good to see how he goes back there as well um mm. and yeah mark's also mentioned that um the pangai junior versus victor radley battle um regnone will be interesting yeah they always seem to Definitely. love finding each other out there yeah um and um mark's also said he likes nathan brown's view last week regarding using our own development players rather yeah. than loan players yeah i forgot to put that in here he was asked because um i believe it was the dragons and raiders had offered the Warriors some players due to the injury toll and suspensions and stuff. And Nathan Brown said, no, um, no, thank you. And is using our young guys. And yeah, I agree with Mark. Um, mm. It's um, you hear it a lot 
um, you could probably use it in the Warriors analogy right now where they're sitting season-wise, but you hear a lot of people saying, why are you using players that are leaving your club when the season is effectively over in terms of playoff aspirations? You should be using your own talent. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I still think guys like Peter Hiku and stuff need to be involved, but instead of bringing in um, a guy that doesn't get game time for his other club instead of letting a young guy like Valia, who played in the centres for the Warriors this week, um, giving them a chance um, to prove it. And Nathan Brown's kind of known for that anyway. So he's known at being able to develop players. So, yeah, I think if you've got a player there in your squad um, that might be a bit bit young, and give them the shot, let them um, sink or swim, as they say. Um, And, yeah, um... He held his own too, the young man out in the centres on the weekend. He did, he did. Um, and before we move on, um, Simon also mentioned about the the women's competition, that it should be a standalone competition. Um, the most successful women's competitions in Australasia are the ones that play in their own play window. For example, the Big Bash women and the AFL women. Um, so I don't follow cricket or Aussie rules, but um, yeah, I think if you let them, I think we'll start seeing that anyway. Once they slowly bring in more teams, um, I think you'll see them get to stand on their own, which um, will only build the brand, which is um, which is uh, what everyone wants. If you can build that brand and make it more successful, it's going to bring in more money for the NRL, and that's what counts um, for them in the end. Mm. And, um, yeah, Mikey said um, young guys know all the drills. Yeah, that's another thing. Your young guys that you're going to bleed in, um, given the opportunity. They've been training with you every week. They know everything. Um, But how you see it with the good teams, like um, I was going to say Penrith, but um, like Melbourne, where they'll lose a player, a younger one slots in, knows the routine, knows the job, and you don't see much of a a decrease in performance. Um, That's ideally the goal every team wants. They, They can just slot in players and keep their performance level at the same. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of teams can do that. But um, it's a goal. As a Warriors fan, that's a goal, that if you get hit with a lot of injuries, which has happened this year, um, that your performances don't fall when you have to bring in guys um, that haven't got a lot of experience. Mm. But um, I will use that as a segue, because I've got a, in my injury update section this week, because there was actually quite a few injuries during the week. Um we got, um, we'll hit with the Warriors first. They had two. Ben Burnock, um, Ben Murdoch Masillas out for the rest of the season potentially with a foot injury, which um, is disappointing. Um, yeah, disappointing as the chairman of the Ben Murdoch Masilla fan club. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a bit upset. Um, his form hasn't been that great as of late, unfortunately. Um, in my review that I did of the game this week, I had him as my player with the most to improve on. Yeah. Um, first first time I've done that to him. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate that he's out now because he doesn't get that chance to get back into that form that he started the season with so strongly. What, what and, do you put um, it down to? What do you put it down to? His form dropping off? I don't know. Um, I know people are saying that it looks like he's put on a bit of weight, but I don't think so. I think he looks just as big as he did at the start of the year. And... Mm. Um, with the how the whole situation is now with everyone's in camp, it's not like you can really 
sneak off and have do do bad things and go and get um, KFC or, or the likes that um, players like myself used to do. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know what it is. It's um, We see it with a lot of players, though. They ebb and flow with their performance. You're not always going to get um, guys like Tommy Turbo that play out of their skin every time they're on the field. You're going to have guys that that go quiet a bit. And um, I think for the Warriors as well, um, the constant changing of the whole yeah, team think, probably doesn't help. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And also um, Otokolo from the Warriors is going to miss three weeks with an injury um, to his knee. Very unfortunate. Okay. I thought he played yeah. quite well. Um, another one of those youngsters and in a spot where the Warriors don't have a lot of depth in the hook. So um, a big loss there, but um, I've liked what I've seen from him so far, uh, and I think he he's definitely a hooker they can build around, um, mm. especially um, as they move some players on. I think he will be one of those youngsters that they can build the club around with like him and Walsh, um, Sean Johnson and Chanel as a heart, as a spine. Doesn't look that bad once they've got a bit of. Um, bit of reps together under the belt mm. um i don't yeah it's a shame from from our hooking stocks as well because you know with egan already sort of missing games um cody looked quite good at hooker but i mean i i i know jazz fills in there but i, I much prefer him out there doing the loose forward role and coming off the bench or, or starting yeah. but i think loose forward's more his thing and yeah, before we go on to the rest of the injuries, Mark's spammed us, so we may as well go through all his. So we got the first one. Um, it was interesting last week that only 20 players named and Jackson Frey's not named. Yeah, I believe that was to do with the amount of people you could bring into the camp with you. Yeah. Um, I don't know 100% on it. I believe there was something like, I know there was a bit of um, stick thrown at Cameron George because mm-hmm. effectively he took a spot in the camp that um, a player could have taken. Um, in fairness, I don't know what you're going to do with Cameron George either. And um, like leave him on his own. I suppose he could have flown back to New Zealand and been away, but I think he, he knows that they need people there. Um, like Rogers left and stuff. I think if Roger left and then your, your CEO, that's, kind of gone all in with you saying you guys are stuck here i'm going to do the same with you if he's like okay guys i'm going off um it's yeah um i don't see it as that big of an issue because i think they've got enough balance in the pack um yeah. especially with Fanua blake and lodge coming back um i think in that game against the tigers you didn't sit there going jackson Frey would have really added something to this team um so yeah i don't mind it as such if it was potentially missing out on a, a utility back or something that can be a bit more handy in your namings. Um, it'd be a bit more of an issue for me. Um, then his next comment was, um, how many fan clubs do you chair? <laughs> BMM, Reese Walsh. I, I wouldn't say that I'm in a Reese Walsh fan club as such. I just um, praise him as um, our Lord and Saviour. So, Murdoch, Murdoch Masilla for sure. I mean, Brad's always been a sucker for a big, hard-running Polynesian. I guess it yeah. reminds him of reminds him of when he was playing minus the Polynesian bit. It just reminds me of all the people that used to run over me in my time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, 
there's a lot of them um starting with my original which is palacina who um yeah. is still is still my all-time favorite so and then yeah the last bit it, it goes in with um bmm saying bmm's been really affected the past few weeks without his family with him um yeah so yeah interrogal um he was living with his family and um he hasn't really had that situation of being away from the family because when he was in the UK, obviously he had his family with him there too. So yeah, um, that could be a big part of it as well. Um, especially, yeah, he hasn't been like the other warriors that did this last year without their families. So it's really his first taste of it. So um, yeah, that could be a potential reason for it too. And um, Mikey said, um, Reese is looking low on confidence. So yeah, a little bit. We'll we'll cover that probably a bit more in the the Warriors review, because um, we've still got some injuries to go. Eels have lost Regan Campbell Gillard um, with a groin injury. No word on how long he'll be out, um, but they're looking dire. So losing him is not helpful at all. Um, yeah, yeah, it's tough for them. We we were yeah. kind of touching before the show on on their run home, and it's. Uh, they've got a pretty ruthless run home of, of, of difficult games. So, and yeah, um, they're going to need all their big gun players for that. Otherwise, you know, they might be looking at a bit of a losing streak to finish the regular season. Yeah. And then they, uh, the last four I've got, I'll, I'll spit them all off quickly. We've got Ben Hunt from the Dragons out for at least four weeks after fracturing his arm. Um, Tony Staggs uh, out for the rest of the season after doing his MCL. Uh, Jake Turpin from also from the Broncos, three to four weeks um, with a high ankle sprain, and then lastly Dane Lowry um, or Laurie, always get it wrong. I have bad boys in my head. Um, <laughs> he's out for the rest of the year after breaking his leg in the open minutes against us um, yeah. last week. Um, all all big losses. I think Katoni Stags, um, Dane, and Ben Hunt are probably the biggest losses. Yeah, that's um, the nail in the coffin for. St. George season really, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. And um, yeah, the Tigers, the Tigers had a slim chance, even though they lost. Um, it was one of those pulling out the the whiteboard like we do every year as a Warriors fan saying all these million things have to happen to make the eight. Uh, but losing Dane at fullbacks really put a dampener on it. Um, you saw the, the lack of spark they had when he went off against the Warriors. Yeah. So big loss there as well and Tony Staggs has been amazing since he's come back from his last injury um not gonna uh, help the the Broncos not having him there but they're not playoff material anyway mm. um but yeah last bit of news before we get into reviewing the rounds uh Rugby League World Cup time um it's expected that the Rugby League World Cup is going to be moved to uh the end of 2022 um, not officially announced yet, but everyone seems to be of the opinion that it's happening. Um, it's uh, We talked about it last week. That that was my opinion. I was happy to see them um, move it on because I'd rather have the Warriors play at home than have everyone going to the World Cup and having that as an excuse for why they can't travel to New Zealand. Um, having it open, um, pushed out, though, leaves a gap at the end of the year for both the UK and the Southern Hemisphere. Super League can actually use that time to play the Super League games that were cancelled so they can catch up on that and actually finish their season properly and also arrange some tests for the England side against, I guess you could have them against Wales, 
a lot of the Northern Hemisphere teams, um, even if they wanted to do like they did already and have a like a England versus expats potentially. Um, not too sure. And I expect down um, down here we'll probably get some tests involved. So I've actually got a question for you later on that, so we won't dwell too deep into that. But what do you think about the the push out? Uh, yeah, like you, it was my preference. I just with New Zealand and Aussie not there, it just wouldn't have the same sort of, you know, it wouldn't be the same for me. I think if if they push it out a year and and get all the the big teams participating, it would be a a proper um, properly contested World Cup for me. You know, it, it would, if a team won it. Like England, uh, for me, would just have a mass, massive asterisk next to it. Yeah, and um, Simon said England's going to play nobody. I don't think we should do any internationals. We, you're stealing, you're stealing my question that I've got for Richie. So we'll we'll hold off on that discussion. But um, yeah, um, I think it's the right decision. Um, Long term thinking. Uh, I know yeah. some people might be a bit upset because when. Australia and New Zealand announced that they weren't going. Everyone said that t- the, those two teams aren't bigger than the game. So by delaying it makes it look like you're relying on those teams too much. In my opinion, you do rely on those teams too much because that's where yeah. the majority of the talent comes from. So, um, And from what I saw, I think the NRL were quite um, intent on not wanting any of their contracted players to go. I think it was a it was a very murky situation because I think legally they couldn't stop them from going if they decided they wanted to go, but I think um, Peter Verlandes and Co were of the opinion they would prefer the NRL players not to risk going to the UK and putting the NRL season in jeopardy. So um, yeah, I'm I'm okay with the decision. I know Simon said he thinks no one's the winner in the situation. Yeah, I can see that point of view too. Yeah. Um, but I, th- yeah, it, it doesn't help the UK definitely. But I think if, um, given a year if COVID's come down and you can get the best players up there, it's going to make the World Cup better. Because um, I think even at the moment, even if they did have Australian Australian sides go, there might have been key players in there that decided they didn't want to go for their own safety. They might have said, "I'm good." So you could potentially have had. Um, like an Australian team without some of their their best players and a Kiwi team in the same predicament, um, which may have made it a, a little less enjoyable to watch. At least, though, by even by pushing it out, at least they're keeping it in the UK. It wasn't mm-hmm. something where they're going to try to push it. Um, oh, yeah, and I see, yeah. Um, Simon C wasn't talking about the UK even at the moment. Even if the Brazilian women's rugby league team, who are amateurs, have taken annual leave to play in the World Cup this year and can't now. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate for the, the amateur side. Um, but, yeah, it's decision um, decision they've made. And, yeah, I'm sitting on the side where I'm happy where they've delayed it. But I understand the frustration on the other side. Um, but we may as well, we, we've talked about news for, for almost half the show, so we may as well get into the reviews. Um, Richie, we'll start with Thursday night's game. Uh, Roosters defeating the Eels 28-0. Um, 
I picked the the eels here, and you picked the roosters. So I'll let you start with what you thought on the game, since I know nothing. Yeah, I saw this coming a mile away, to be honest. Um, <laughs> well, not really, but um, yeah, it was it was a weird old game. Like the to start off the game, I think both the teams were throwing up a ton of handling errors, and it was looking messy. Um, but the eels never pulled it together, and they really look like they're missing Mitchell Moses and the direction he gives. Um, the Roosters, on the other hand, once they clicked, they they really put the eels away. And, and obviously, Tedesco is loving that, loving the role he's playing right now, and he's just in superb form. Um, I think even the second rowers for me, um, Tupanua and, and Angus Crichton, just Tupanua in particular, living off James Tedesco's playmaking, he's benefiting with a few tries. I like. Can't remember the number that the commentator said when he scored on the weekend, or something like eleven or something. So, I mean, he's really having yeah. a big season. Um, but yeah, they just keep doing doing their thing and and plowing away without without a lot of their injuries. But you know, the Tedesco's are standing up, the Angus Crichtons, the Joey Manu's, all their all their big big game players are, are doing a really good job of of uh, you know doing their job and and leading the way. What did you think? Definitely. Yeah, um, very similar to what you you thought there. I think, yeah, Tedesco, Sam Walker, and Joey Manu, I think were all really good for them out the back. Ford Pack did well as well. Um, Jared Warrior Hargraves, I think, did well. It was his 250th game for the Roosters. So it's mm. good to see them put a performance like this on in his milestone match. Um, and, yeah, let's see, they just keep putting performances together despite the injuries. Um I think huge praise needs to go towards the players and the coaching staff for um, continuing to put in the effort. Uh, yeah. When earlier in the year, it feels like a lifetime ago, but uh, when they lost Luke Carey, I kind of put it, put a line through them and said, that's them done. And the fact that they're still in contention for a top four spot um, is crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, and the Eels are, I don't know what to say. They continue this trend of um, starting seasons really strongly, and then as the season comes to an end, they fall apart. Um, I just don't know how um, how they fix that, if it's a coaching issue, if mm. it's a training issue, because um, they've got the side that can do things um, and do it well. But, yeah, it's once they hit, like, round 18, 19, they just fall off a cliff, and... Um, think we we talked about the the games they have for the to end their season it's not pretty no um, it's not storm panthers rabbitos manly they have all the big ones don't they they have all the big ones and the cowboys so they mm. potentially could have one win for the rest of the year um if you go by form of how all the teams are playing around them which is not a good way to you don't really want to go into um playoffs on a losing streak um so yeah, not good for them. But yeah, they just made um it's just the the common um rules of things not to do. They made errors, they couldn't defend, and they couldn't attack. Um and you can kind of see there were times in the game where you saw a lot of frustration in the team. There's a lot of, I wouldn't say infighting, but um when things aren't going well, you tend to to lash out at each other. Um I've seen that in games I've played myself. Um if things yeah, if things aren't going well, you kind of nip at each other and it doesn't really help you but mm. the i don't know it might be time for the good old honesty sessions um well, there, there was a little bit 
it was a bit, little bit made out of Clint Gutherson on the on that point you just bring up of him giving um, was it Opacic? I think I so. Think was, I think it was, it was Opacic. Opacic. He gave him a spray for a, a, an escort penalty off a kick, um, and he didn't he didn't mince his words. He, he he hit the mark with a couple of words we can't repeat. But what yeah. do you think about that? He's a bit of a passionate player. I know he's copped a bit of heat. Yeah, I. I don't mind it um, as such. I, I was on a, um, I was on a show with Hold the Ball in the weekend, and we talked about it briefly. And I said, um, you see it from captains. Captains have to know who they can and who they can't speak like that to. Um, yeah. And I, I think I brought up Brent Tate as an example. Where Brent Tate, when he was with the Warriors, he used to. Um, we'd see it when we were at games. Um, he'd rip into his winger if his winger came in like Warriors wingers love to do, come in on the defensive line and he would yep. yell at them and then you knew that for the rest of that game they would not do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's some players I think I brought in like for the Warriors potentially um, if it was like Adam Fanua Blake's captain this week, if he gave Matt Lodge a bollocking, Matt Lodge would take it on board and go on. But potentially if you go and abuse Katoa, potentially Katoa might not respond in the same way. So it's yeah. all about knowing who you can do it to. So I assume Gutherson knows that talking to Opacek like that might get a response, hopefully. Um, it clearly didn't help in this match. But, um, yeah, it's all about picking and choosing your moments. And um, you don't hear it as much when there's actually a crowd. So yeah. I think if you had a crowd there, you wouldn't hear much about it. But the fact that there's no one there – you can basically hear everything the players are saying. Um, they might have to take that into consideration as well. Um, mm. But, yeah, that um, takes us to the next game, um, which was the Warriors defeating the Tigers 18-16. to 16. Um, We couldn't agree on the first game. We couldn't agree on this one. But thankfully for me and Warriors fans, I got this one right um, with the Warriors ending their losing streak um, with possibly the most hodgepodge team they've ever named in their history. Um, it didn't really start well. Uh, the Tigers went out to a 10-0 lead. The Warriors looked um, a bit jumbled, which you can kind of expect with a team that hasn't really played together. Um, but they started to look a bit better at the end of the first half, and then they clipped into gear a lot more in the second half. Um, Ewan Aitken scored a double, including probably a once-in-a-lifetime try that he'll ever get where he scored one off a short dropout. Um, yeah, it, w- it was an exciting game for me. It was very tense. Um, I think I said to you, um, I think it was towards like the final 20 minutes of the game when we were talking throughout it. And I said, it was, I won't say exactly what I said because we're on, on um, we're on live here, but I, I basically said, whichever team, um, it's whichever team doesn't screw up the most is probably the most PC way I can say it. Um, will yep. win this game, which is what happened because the Tigers. I tell you, if the Warriors had done this, I would have probably broken my TV. But um, the Tigers were on a roll and it looked bad, and then they didn't have a, a dummy half in the play the ball, allowing Reese Walsh to dive on it and save what was probably almost going to be a certain try, um, with the way it was building. Um, I. Th- I know they've got that documentary about the Tigers at the moment. I hope they're still recording because I want to see Michael Maguire's reaction to that because that should never happen. 
when you're on your opponent's try line, you should have someone there ready to play the ball. I, mm. I can't even describe how that happened. Um, but it was good. It was good for the Warriors. So I will take that one. Um, what do you think of it before I keep going on and on and on? Uh, it was a weird game. Um, uh, like like you, like you said, you know, our, our lineup was very hodgepodge, to use your words. But, um, yeah, the, the result looked like it was going to be bad for us. And they Tigers started well, got, got their tries, and were dom- was dominating possession. And we looked very tired, very gassed. And that's when you and I started circulating some pretty negative <laughs> messages between each other. Um, <laughs> And then Dane, Dane, Dane Laurie picked up his injury. I don't know if that was the catalyst for the swing, but w- whatever it was, the Tigers just didn't come out after halftime the same team. And then we score and we score again, and all of a sudden we've got the lead and seemed like the longer the game went on, the, the worse the Tigers got, sort of culminating with that that um, play of the ball where they didn't have a dummy half towards the end and... and yeah, not looking good for the Tigers, uh, especially with Dane Laurie gone for them. He's probably been their best strike player. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think a lot of people expected the Tigers to walk over us in this one, given how many people we had out. Um, with the amount of people we had out, I thought it was very brave of us to then push on, make a comeback, and pick up the two points. So I'm happy to get that yeah. tip wrong. Happy. Yeah, definitely. And Simon kind of mentioned the same thing. He said the West Tigers look a very sad team and um, won't be going finish nine. Yeah, I think they could end up ninth again, which would be funny, but not good for them. Um, and Simon also said that um, he hopes Sky will show the Tigers documentary. Yeah, I've heard mixed things. Some people like it, some people don't. Um, I guess it's depends on how much you love league and how much you have an affinity for the Tigers. Um, I think it'd be interesting. We spoke about it in my house about that type of level of um, someone going around and following a team. I would have much more enjoyed um, heavily biased here, but a Warriors one because of the situation, not just Mm -hmm. because they're my team, but they're from New Zealand. They're having to live over there in different circumstances it's the second time they've had to do it i think for getting someone that isn't a fan of a club more interested i think that gives you a more interesting dynamic um but i've heard good things so yeah i'll definitely watch it if they bring it out over here i'm sure they will at some point um it's yeah it's just a shame we're, we've got this little thing called the olympics going on at the moment which is kind of filling up all the airwaves so um yeah, but yeah, before we move on, yeah, I think it, the game switched for me when Cody Nakarima came on. I think his yeah. injection um, in hooker really sparked some life. He started to wane um, towards the end of the um, the game, which was when he got pulled, and Otakolo came on, which I think is good. When you've got him as your 14, you can put him on for, say, 20, 25 minutes to do some damage and then take him off again. Um, I think we'll probably see a similar um, situation this week with um, Jazz being named at hooker. Um, He's not your 80-minute man. So I think it will be the best of both worlds there where Jazz can do what he does, either come off or move into the second row when Cody comes on. And, um, yeah, I think it will help. So, um, yeah, I like seeing him there. I've 
I've said for a long time that I think Cody's best position is number 14. Um, so hopefully the Warriors continue to use him um, for the rest of the season in that way because I think it benefits his game, which in turn benefits the Warriors' performance. Mm, it's a good role for him, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that takes us to the next game, uh, which would be the last game for, for a little while due to the, the COVID break. But uh, it was the uh, Broncos defeating the Cowboys. Um, what do you think of this match? I, I just spent an hour talking about the Warriors. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, the Broncos showed a lot of fight. And, you know, they're they coming up with these games, even though they're sitting where they're sitting, where every now and then they, they, they come out and, and, you know, they're they're a fighting team at the moment. They're not like last year they were getting blown out a lot, but this year they're at least showing a bit of fight. And and I thought Tyson Gamble was really good, and he you know he did a lot of good things during the game. Uh, Payne Payne Ars is just a beast. He, he put up another monster effort. Um, such a shame for them to lose Stags because like you sort of touched on earlier, he's since he's come back he's been doing a lot of a lot of good things for the Broncos and and. You know they're not going to make the finals, but it would have been nice for him to actually get some continuity and finish out the season after missing most of the first half. But but yeah, I guess the big thing is how how bad the Cowboys have gone. I think that might be six, seven, eight. I'm not sure. Seven in a row they've dropped now. I think so. Um, um, they've just gone after a patch where they I think they won six or seven out of eight, and now they've just gone swung the opposite way and yeah they've really dropped off yeah um before i get on to i've got a little note about that but um tyson gamble as you said um he he rubs me the wrong way yeah, same <laughs> um, here <laughs> um but he he rubs players that he plays against the wrong way too and he uses it to his advantage um mm. which is great to see um as much as he seems like a well, I'll probably get in trouble with any back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's out there, but he seems like an arrogant halfback. Um, yeah. As which we don't really have too many of them in the NRL anymore. I think you, you could probably say Cherry Evans and Gabble, you guys, you guys like Cleary and stuff don't seem that way. Um, mm. Cherry Evans has kind of softened a bit, in my opinion, though. But um, it works. It, it gets he gets under the opposition's skin. They want to give a little bit more oomph when he's got the ball in hand, and it opens them up to 
not been as accurate defensively, which opens up attacking opportunities. So um, that's kind of what you want. Um, he's just got to hope that he's got some big boppers around him to protect him because eventually he will get hit with a big one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think he will have a good combination with Adam Reynolds next year if they decide that's going to be their half pairing. I, I think it could be very good for them. Um, but, yeah, back to what you said about the Cowboys. It's, it's a cliché but it just looked like the Broncos wanted it more. And Todd Payton said in the press conference that um, his team's lacking desire, which... Um, Strange. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. And, yeah, you think I, I, winning and losing are both habit-forming. So if you get into a routine of losing seven, eight, nine, ten games in a row, um, it's just it becomes second nature. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you want to see your team fighting for it. Like we saw with the Warriors, they had every reason to lose their eighth game in a row in this round, but they got together and they managed to get a win. The Cowboys just need to do the same. Um, they got a, um, looking, they got a tough game this week, so they might potentially add another loss on. Um, yeah. But they need to find something. Um, I don't, they're not, they're not in any risk of becoming wooden spooners. But, um, yeah, they need to find something because they want to try to end on a positive note. I think they've got some good players coming to the team next year, which will help them. But there's not enough there that's making me think that they're going to be a potential um, top eight side next year. I think they'll still be a bottom eight. Um, But hopefully they get some more consistency, which I think is what um, Peyton will want. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Interesting one with... Uh, Kyle Feltz disallowed try to Brad what was your view on that yeah I thought it was a try um, but not being a Cowboys fan I'm not as emotionally invested I think if it was the exact same situation with the Warriors I'd probably be a bit more this is my opinion on it but um, so I thought it was a try but I can see why they didn't rule it I thought it was a bit harsh Um, but yeah I think that there was kind of the, the final blow when that got disallowed, you kind of saw like the all the wind out of the sail for the Cowboys. But yeah, if they had got that try, would they have won? I'm not too sure either. So, mm. so is Brisbane, you now is Brisbane now big brother again? Yeah, I thought it was a try, mate. I think we saw that, and we saw other examples where there was close calls, like Jason Saab's one for Manly. I'm sure we'll cover that a little bit yeah. after, but you no, know, and that was given. So well, I thought it was a weird one, but. Yeah, um, in terms of in terms of being big brother, no, I think Brisbane's the middle child now. Um, <laughs> they're they're that that troublemaking middle child with the Titans probably being big brother at the moment. I think so. I think you could be right. Yeah, and then obviously we had um, sad day to um, do nothing. I, I know a lot of my league friends started learning a lot more about Olympic sports. I'm just looking for anything to watch on a sad day. Um, I, I ended up watching diving, so that was interesting. Um, I'll start a show, a weekly show about diving, I'm sure. But um, that takes us on to um, the first game of our triple header on Sunday. We had the uh, the Knights defeating the Raiders 34-24. Um, I just can't pick the Raiders anymore, Rich. Um, they mm-hmm. fooled me. I, I said last week on the show that um, we were seeing the Raiders of old, and then yeah. they, they deliver this... Uh, no beating around the bush, substandard level of football. It was. Um, 
it was it was horrible for the Knights though. Bradman best returned, and I He's think he was really the, he was the difference here. Um, yeah. He had a field day on that left edge, and that left edge scored five tries um, with him there, including um, the first ever hat trick for uh, Anari Tuala. Um, mm. Sorry if I get your name wrong, um, but yeah, he is just oozing talent. Um, we saw we saw what he did to the Warriors earlier in the season, where he he won the game for the Knights and. Yeah, um, the Knights, they're, they're starting to look a little bit better. Mitchell Pierce is coming back. Um, so I think they're going to be competitive and still um, there's still a chance of playoffs. Um, technically, both sides are still shot. The Raiders are still right up in there. But if they deliver like they did in this game, um, they're not going to be there for much longer. Um, I just know, do you? what's the solution? Can we call Ricky Stewart and you can tell him what to do? Well, before this game, I thought he he had them turning it around, and I didn't see I didn't see this result coming. But like you say, the the return of Bradman Best, um, hard to believe he's he's just a kid. Has he turned twenty? I still I think he's still only nineteen. Um, he's he's nineteen or twenty, um, but he's just a tank, yeah. and he does so much damage. Because um, the Knights do have a very talented pack, we know that they've got the Saifidi brothers, and um, their pack always goes well. But it's just been the rest of the pieces of the puzzle that have been letting them down. But I think Bradman Best does make a huge difference to them, and it's not so much Ponga just being a lone threat out in the back line, and, and gives them a lot more threat. Um. Looking at their run home too, I think they've got a pretty gentle run home. Um, it's you know if they can if they can find their feet in the last couple last few weeks, uh, I think they're playing quite a few of the bottom eight teams. So both teams are yeah. a good shot at still making it. it. Just depends which Raiders team turns up and if if the Knights can um, do this a little more consistently. Because you know looking at their run home, they've got a lot of games they should win there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go this week because they've got a four-day turnaround, obviously playing yeah. on Sunday, and they've got the first game on Thursday. Um, shouldn't affect them too much, I would imagine. A lot of the guys, you know, um, especially with the Knights, a lot of them have played after Origin, so they're kind of used to a short turnaround. Um, yes. I, I think they'll be fine. They are playing the Broncos, so, again, it depends. It depends what Knights outfit turns up and depends which Broncos outfit turns up. But, yeah, yeah. Um, should be interesting, but that takes us to what I thought was going to be the match of the round. Um, the Storm defeating the Panthers 37 10. Um, it was the winner I expected, but not the margin. Um, I it's yeah, and it's definitely you don't expect to see your number one and number two teams be separated by 27 points. Mm. Um, and I think it shows how important Nathan Cleary is this Panthers outfit. Yeah. Think. Potentially moving forward, I think the Panthers need to really work on their performances without in there. You don't want the Panthers to be like Manly, where you can automatically put an X on them if their star isn't playing. Um, mm. Panthers have got a lot of talent everywhere in that that team, so they need to learn what to do um, without him there. But the Storm, they're simply unstoppable at the moment. Um, I'm not the biggest Storm fan, so I don't like praising them as much as I have to um, doing this show. Um, but at the moment, they sit um, with the largest points differential in rugby league history with um, 465 points positive 
and they still have five more games to go to add to that. And I don't see too many teams giving them trouble in their run home. Um, what did you think of this game? They're just ridiculous, the Storm, mate. I'm like you. I'm not – I think to say I'm not the biggest Storm fan, like you said, I think that's putting it kindly. <laughs> um, but they're, they're just ridiculous to watch. Um, so many threats. Um, the Storm, they oh, – the Panthers, they do really struggle without Cleary, and that's the big worry for them because, I mean, they've really struggled the past few weeks, not just this game, not just yeah. this game here, you know, but the past – couple of weeks uh, prior to this game they've been um not themselves and and you know they you can see they desperately need Cleary I think um it, yeah I bet they can't wait to get him back because um who else is going to challenge the storm <laughs> maybe maybe the Rabbitohs or or um or manly or, Man, or manly who are the other two one teams that could likely do it but I think it's not just Cleary too. I think Yo, Isaac Yo, and, and a couple of others are out who are big yeah. players. But we've seen other teams just march on with with some injuries and the storm themselves early in the year did it. I mean, they lost uh, Pappenhausen, who at the start of the season season I, I predicted him to go forward and get Dally M. So, and after well, the first the, few weeks, was looking likely. So, but yeah, yeah. There were games. There were games that the Storm have played without their entire starting spine and still exactly. put 40, 50 points on opponents. Um, mm. But yeah, they, um, as you said, they just have attacking threats all over the park. We even saw Josh Adokar do a crossfield kick for a Storm try, which I've never seen him do before. Um, I know he said he wants to be a fullback, so maybe he's trying to put his hand out for the Bulldogs, saying, "I know you've signed Matt Dufty, but uh, I'm the the fullback you need." Um and yeah, the um the Panthers just look lost on attack without Cleary there. Defensively, they were yeah. still poor. You know, I talked last week that they missed sixty six tackles um while still winning last week. You can't be that defensively poor against top time uh top teams. And we kind of saw that here where the storm they were scoring some very easy tries, which you don't want to see um from a Panthers outfit that's meant to be grand final worthy um mm. it's um yeah storm is still my favorites to take this whole thing out um but if the panthers don't start putting some work in um they could see themselves slipping out um against a team like the roosters or sea eagles or the rabbitos as you said in the playoffs and missing out on the grand final entirely um i think cleary is named to start this week wasn't he uh, or named to play i'm not sure if he actually will but can't come soon enough because I think once he comes back and gets himself back into form, that'll coincide with them sort of putting their best foot forward, and yeah, at least and it'll make it make make it a bit more exciting, you know, than the storm just sort of clear cut going all the way. Yeah, and um, Simon's just asked how many more games will the storm need to get the minor premiership? I'm not too sure how many uh, mathematically to make sure it's safe, but I'm pretty sure you could give it to them now. Yeah. Um, I don't see them losing any more games um, before perhaps an upset once you get into finals footy. Um, yeah, I just don't see a loss in them, um, especially with the run they have left. Um, but that takes us to the first game, or the, the last game on Sunday, sorry. Um, the Rabbitohs, we just talked about them, uh, defeating the Dragons 50-14. to 14. Not really much you can say about this. It kind of went how I thought it would. Mm. 
Um, um, yeah, ridiculous, aren't they? The Rabbitohs, there yeah. is. I mean, their spine, um, Reynolds, Cody Walker's just Cody Walker's just on another planet right now. I think he's got something like 27 try assists or something like that for the season. I think the next, the next closest is Jerome Hughes, and he's still nearly 10 behind. Um, yeah. It's just it's crazy. And and Latrell obviously was massive in this game. Um Rabbit are uh, the Dragons a bit they're obviously still affected by their barbecue shenanigans, but yeah, I think that's yeah. that's that's the nail in the coffin for them this game, I think now, especially with Ben Hunt picking up a bit injury. Yeah. Um, ben Hunt was really the only one I could praise out of the Dragons yeah. outfit. Um, obviously, as you said, they were missing four players from the barbecue of the year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Ben Hunt, I think, really gave it his all. Um, he fractured his arm early in that game and played, kept playing on. So it shows he's a tough little bugger. Um, mm. No, But yeah, Rabbit is just too strong. As you said, the Harbs combined really well. Latrell had a field day out there. Um, he's an absolute monster when he wants to be. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, it's, I, I think I've said it quite a few times on the show, so I may as well say it again. This Rabbitohs team can beat anybody if they hold on to the ball. Mm. Um, where the only time we've really seen them struggle was when they, their hands let them down. Um, as obviously they, they had 50 put on them by, um, the storm. I think they had 50 put on them by the Panthers as well. Um, but I think a Rabbitohs team like this could go, I wouldn't say toe-to-toe with the Storm, but give the Storm a run. Um, but, yeah, it's they've just got to stay in this level. And as you said, Dragons are done. Dragons are finally out of the eight, which I said they would never be in. So I'm happy that I'm feeling vindicated. They, <laughs> they have made it. Um, but, yeah, that takes us to the last game of the round. Uh, oh, no, sorry. I see Monday. Second to last. I mean, the changing of the times has, has messed me up. Apologies. Um, Titans defeating the uh, Bulldogs 34 to 6. Um, again, another outcome I expected. Probably around the same margin I expected in this one, too. Um, I thought Ash Taylor had probably his best game for the Titans in yeah, quite a yeah, while. For sure. Um, he, was, he was kicking really well and was directing his team around. Um, Fafida was strong. Yeah, he got a try as well. Fafida, and he kicked a 40 20 as well. Mm. Um, David Feeder was strong off the bench, um, almost scored basically straight away, but got penalized for a double movement. He got a bit too, um, bit too ball hungry there. Um, but, um, the Titans just played simple footy. Um, their forwards dominated the middle and it allowed the backs more space to create opportunities against what has been a poor defensive line from the Bulldogs all year. Um, and the Bulldogs had limited chances in the first half, and they got a few more chances in the second, but they lacked polish to finish them off. And um, their discipline let them down. Um, my boy Jack Hetherington, he's just always a penalty waiting to happen. Yeah. Uh, um, and that stuff just didn't help. But um, what did you think? Uh, look, two weeks ago on the show, I wrote the Titans off. So this is um, karma coming back to bite me because if put a couple of nice big wins in, uh, on the trot and they've got the Cowboys this week who who just can't buy a win. So, you know, they're still in with a shot. I think they do have a couple of hard games left to go after that. But, yeah, they, they look good. Like you said, Ash Taylor was outstanding. 
happiest game I've seen him play in a long time. Um, probably finally played up to his um, to his salary a bit, um, but yeah, yeah, got a try, forty twenty, couple of try assists, so he was really good. Brimson was dangerous as well, um, but they did what they should do against the Bulldogs. Who I'm really glad we've got the Bulldogs coming up in a couple of weeks because, yeah, yeah, looks like a <laughs> looks like a banker two points at the moment. Yeah, um, Simon's asked a good question about it, but I'm going to hold that for our question segment, Simon. So um, we'll hold that back a little bit and go into the last game of the round. Um, Seagulls defeating the Sharks 40-22. to 22. Um, Was it, as I said a little bit earlier, probably wasn't the best footy game for New Zealand fans being a kickoff at 10 o'clock at night on a Monday. Um, but the Seagulls at least made it entertaining to watch. Um, it was um, the Tommy Turbo show, I'll say. I've actually um, put all the stats down here because it was quite impressive to look at. Des Hasler took him off early, um, but he ended his night. I, I'm going to look down at my, my notes here. 217 running meters. He got a hat trick. He had three line breaks, four line break assists, three try assists, five offloads, and 14 tackle breaks. Um that's a hell of a night, in my opinion. Um, some of those stats you would see a whole team get after a performance. Um, he's taking the best now, isn't he? He is. And in my opinion, it kind of stamps that he's the best player in the NRL right now. Um, yeah. I think he's he's fantastic. I'm very happy. The Warriors have finished playing Manly. There's no games against Manly because yeah. I think Tommy's going to keep going. Um, and, yeah, I think he – He's proved a lot of doubters, including myself, wrong. Um, I kind of said he's great on his day, but he's too injury prone. Um, mm. He's come back from his injury and he, he's stayed tough. Um, and he's still doing all the work that you want him to do. He's not kind of being a bit soft and just doing what he can and making sure he doesn't get hurt. Um, it was a close game at halftime. Um, it was yeah. only 16-10, but that um, – Tommy kind of injected himself and got all his points in 11 minutes. Yeah. And that was kind of the end of the night. Um, they, yeah, um, Manly are just too good. They, they got great, great forwards that were doing a lot of hard work. I thought their backs were better. Um, we talked about the Jason Saab try. Um, yeah. It was quite impressive in my eyes. Um, it was. Yeah. Great reactions. Yeah. And um, they're on their way to a top four spot which going back to the start of the season, um, I think I would have laughed at you if you told me that they were going to be a potential top four team. Um, me too. <laughs> so, yeah, I they've got a tough match this week. I think we'll really see how good this team is because they've got to play Melbourne this week. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, depending on how they go against Melbourne, we'll make my opinion on how far they'll go in playoffs. Um, I think I'll say here. And for the Sharks, um, they cling to the top eight at the moment. But with Sean Johnson out, um, I think they're going to fall out of the playoff race. They they have potential in attack and defense, but not for 80 minutes. They Even in this game, they showed patches of what they could do. Um, but, yeah, they just can't go the distance. They don't have enough juice in the tank. So I think they're going to be a team that falls out of the eight which thankfully is one of the teams I predicted that wouldn't make the playoffs this year. So I've at least got one right. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you bang on, mate. They they can hang, there, hang in there for a while, but 
Tommy only needs a little window where he can hit a little purple patch and that's the game gone. Um, one thing I thought was funny, I, you pretty much covered the game quite well, but did you catch Will Chambers put a big hit on Dylan Walker and then spent the next five or six minutes sledging him and then got hooked by the coach? I thought it was quite funny because apparently um, he'd missed six tackles or so up until that point and was you know, yeah. getting run through most of the night and then puts on a good shot and <laughs> yeah, well, had, a, had a good old sledge fest. Chambers is known for being a sledger, so yeah. I, I don't I don't mind it. But yeah, um, if you've missed six tackles and then you make yeah. one, you can't really act like you've saved the planet. You've got to got to get back and make sure you're doing your job. So um, exactly, yeah, interesting to see. But yeah, that was round twenty, and our tips we both got six out of eight. Um, I got the Eels Roosters game wrong, but you got it right. Then I got the Warriors Tigers game and you got it wrong, and then we both got the Raiders game wrong. Um, so that puts our totals both still at 109 out of 152, um, so still tied up. We might never get a winner. Um, <laughs> we see, we, we never seem to be able to hold on to a lead. Um, but we will um, look at the ladder while we're here. Um, so, yeah, Melbourne is still at the top. Penrith second, Souths and the Eels are third and fourth. Um, I expect to see the Eels disappear out of that. I think your top three are probably going to stay as is, um, probably in that order as well, I would imagine. Um, then you've got the Roosters at fifth, Manly sixth, Gold Coast seventh, and the Sharks holding on at eighth. Then we've got the um, the ship fight in the, the next bit, which was the Raiders, the Dragons, and the Knights sitting ninth, tenth, and eleventh. Then we've got the Warriors a couple of points down at twelfth. Then the Tigers 13th, then um your dead rubbers with the Cowboys, Broncos, and Bulldogs ending the table. So um we keep putting our little line in. Um so we're who who still has a chance to make the eight? Well, like in I your eyes. Bit, like I was saying a bit before, Newcastle had a good win on the weekend and their run home is actually really good. I actually think they play the Broncos twice in the last six games. So they've got They've got the Sharks, the Bulldogs, the Titans, and then the Broncos again. So they play the Broncos twice, have the Sharks, Bulldogs, and Titans. So Newcastle, if they can get their act together, I think would be looking like they're a good shot. So I'd say up to Newcastle, I'd draw the line, but I see St. George dropping more. Yeah. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you there. I know there is a, a mathematical one in a million chance the Warriors, if things fall their way, could slip in. But, yeah, I'm comfortable to say that um, you're potentially looking at Gold Coast, Cronulla, Canberra, and Newcastle as the four teams fighting for those two spots. I think Um, so. Yeah. So interesting times there. And um, we may as well get into our questions. So I will just get rid of that. Um, The question we had from Simon... Um, was do you think Monday night NRL um, will or should come back? Um, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe what at the, at the expense of Thursday, maybe. Um, it's yeah, it gave me something to do on a Monday night, which most people hate Monday, so <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it as long as it's not the um. The ten o'clock kickoff, yeah. um, 
especially doing this show, you know, I, I try to watch um, the game as closely and as much as possible. And on a Monday, I, I get up early for work. So that one was a bit brutal Tuesday morning. Um, mm. But it's the same on a Thursday, I guess, anyway, because the Thursday one's generally late. Um, and it makes it a doozy to get up on the Friday morning for work. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I think it's a good way for Monday. Um, and we've got uh, Mikey also put that he thinks it's going to be a Melbourne Manly grand final. Probably. That one's, for me, as the fan I am, that would be the final I would hate the most because it's yep. probably the two teams, <laughs> the two teams I dislike the most. Um, but I could quite honestly see a situation where it's Manly versus Penrith to get into the grand final and Manly would win. So I could I could see that. It all I suppose it all depends on the run because you could potentially see um Manly having to play Melbourne. Um depending we we'll have a better idea once we get into finals territory on what potentially could happen. But yeah, that wouldn't be a bad smoky for a prediction for grand final. And then Mikey also said, um, what's the best we can finish on the table? Um, it's basically, I think, technically the Warriors could finish anywhere from 8th, like 8th to 13th, I think. It's that big, depending. Um, there's still a big gap between them and um, the, the teams above them, which I think was the Knights. I just forgot and name. We just looked at it. Um but yeah, it, it all depends. Their their games they got coming up aren't too bad. Um, I think the hardest games they've really got is this week against the Sharks, and then the last round against the Titans are probably their hardest ones. But they they get to play the Bulldogs um, as well, so they've just they have no control. They just have to con- focus on winning games um, and let let everything fall how it falls with the rest of the stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you had a question for me. We may as well go with your one first. Yeah, sure. Um, so our old mate Nathan Brown raised a few eyebrows as he tends to do with, with his selections on the weekend. And he slotted you and Aitken in, at second row on the weekend. I was just wondering, from your point of view, uh, how did you see that? Because, in my opinion, he ended up performing really well. Um, could you see that being a position he's selected more often and or permanently? Yeah, I think so. Um, I We spoke about it briefly, both on before kickoff and before the show tonight. Um, when I saw that he was named in the second row, I, I had a laugh. Um, I thought Nathan Brown was taking the piss and um, thought, like, I want to see the team make an effort, but don't don't cut them off at the legs before kickoff. But he blew me away. I, you know, it, it wasn't like a David Fafita, um, kick out second row type performance by any means, but he, he played really well. He added, he added pace, um, yeah. to the forward pack. Um, he is known as a defender, but not a, a distributor. So it kind of fit him better. He could defend well in the middle or like the edge, one in from where he normally is, but he isn't always expected to try to feed a winger. So um, I I think he's accidentally found himself a new position. Um, it all depends how the the centers for the Warriors go. Like um, yeah. 
they've kind of got Hiku that can slot in there at the moment. They still have Pompey as a center, which I don't agree with. Um, Valia, the young boy, showed a lot of promise. I think Rocco Berry is a star for the future as well. So I would yep. be quite happy next year seeing Aitken in the in the forwards and having Berry and Valea potentially as your centers um, going forward and letting them build. Um, yeah, I would be perfectly happy with him. I always want Aiken out there. I, I think yep. Aiken offers a lot. Um, yes. He has he's been patchy this year, but name a warrior that hasn't been. Um, yeah. So yeah, I as long as he's out there, I'm happy, and yeah, I think it, it gives them a few more tricks up their sleeve if he's in the yeah, forwards. So happy with it. Um, yeah, me too. My question for you, because um, no, we're going very long here. We might have to cut off Super League because we're already past our allotted time. But Paul's not here, so we kind of run in the joint. Um, my question for you though is, um, with the World Cup potentially being pushed out, what would you do in October? for the Australian New Zealand market? Um, so, okay, I'll, I'll, in my fantasy land, this is what I'd like. Um, we, but we, but we bang on a bit about being fans of international footy, so I'd still like to see some tests. Um, obviously, COVID allowing, but yeah, I'd love to see us face the kangaroos because that's always the ultimate test and, and the, the ultimate, you know, sort of, yardstick of where you're at um i'd love to see tonga and samoa as well because a lot of people putting their hands up obviously in the last couple of years for tonga but samoa this year as well so it would be yeah. a shame with the world cup being kicked out not to see it so in my ideal fantasy world schedule a little window for a little quad series or or you know at least some tests versus um aussie and then maybe tonga play samoa but those would yeah. be the matches I'd like to I'd like to see. It'd be cool if we saw New Zealand play all three of those nations and we had a little quad thing go on just, you know, to see how those island nations are shaping up. And it's good to um, keep up the momentum for those island nations, especially Tonga, who, you know, beat Australia last time out and, and keep going from strength to strength. And it would be good to see them keep that momentum up and not lose ground. Yeah. Yeah, I'm of the same opinion. I think, yeah, I, I had envisioned a, a tri-series. Um, but, yeah, Samoa um, would – adding Samoa would be good too. Simon's made a good point, which is going to actually help with mine. Um, he says he doesn't want to really see internationals because he wants to see the players come home. That's why I'm adding to it. I want the tri-series, but I actually want to see the Kiwis play in New Zealand. Mm. Um, I think by the time we get to October – hopefully everything's ironed out a bit more and we can do something like how I, I don't like talking about the other code on here, but we've got the Wallabies playing the All Blacks in New Zealand um, at the moment. So I'm sure we we can do something where we can get the Kiwis and uh, the moneymaker is Kiwis versus Tonga um, yeah. in New yeah. Zealand. That's, that would be the way to go. Um and oh, Simon's also said, yeah, we're forgetting about Papua New Guinea. Yeah, you could even throw Papua New Guinea in there as well. Um, True. They're, they're always got a lot of good players. And um, I think, yeah, they deserve to get some more games as well. So I, I think the depending on how COVID is, the world's kind of their oyster now that they've got this open window. Um, it all depends on what they're willing to actually put out there. And, yeah, 
I would appreciate if they do do it, if they can try to get a game here so we can get a game. I know if there was a game here, regardless of where they have it, I'll be going. Um, I'll I'll go to anywhere they want to play it just so I can watch some football live once again because I'm still not succumbing to going to watch Union. Um, yeah. So I'll do my I, best. I see Simon's point too about wanting to see the players come home. That's why I sort of said, you know, in my fantasy land, it'd be cool to see. Um, but, yeah. you know, I could, would completely understand if, if logistics wouldn't allow it to happen as well. Yeah. Um, it's all, yeah, there's been nothing talked about. So it's just all our pie-in-the-sky ideas right now. Um, so we may as well go into our round 21 preview and picks. Um, spoilers ahead, we've picked the same this week because um, I scared you with my Warriors prediction. So you, <laughs> you're just copying me now, I understand. Um, hopefully before the year's out, you'll you'll make a leap and um, do a bold call. But um, we've got, hold on, I've lost my picture. So we'll just, we'll just talk about it. Thursday night, we've got Knights first Broncos. Um, I've gone with the Knights. I think Broncos are showing that fight, but I think Knights with Pierce um back will be too good yeah pierce bradman best obviously back in in good form right away and katoni stags out so uh, i think knights yeah um then first game on friday we've got raiders dragons um this is the hardest one for me because both of these teams always screw me up on picks um but i've gone with the raiders i think the dragons without ben hunt just won't have enough and the raiders will be looking at trying to come back from that embarrassing mm. performance. Yeah, I think Raiders all day long. Uh, ben, Dragons without Ben Hunt, they're already in trouble. So that's that's a big, big out for them, their captain and best playmaker. And Raiders have too much to play for. Yeah, We'll cover Simon's picks when we finish, but I've just put them up for the people that are watching to see. Um, but next game on Friday, we've got Eels Rabbitohs. I've gone with the Rabbitohs. I think they've looked scary the past two weeks, and the the Eels are looking like a bottom eight side, if I'm honest, um, with their performances as of late. Yeah, summed it up perfectly. I think Rabbitohs, Eels, Eels continue their hard last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, that takes us to the first game on Saturday, and probably the hardest one for me to pick, but yep. the Warriors-Sharks. Um, I've gone with the Warriors. Um, I like what I saw from the Warriors. It was patchy, but they've got a lot of players coming back this week and the Sharks don't have Sean Johnson. And I think when we look, what, three, four weeks ago when these teams faced each other, it was Sean Johnson that was the difference. Yeah. So I think without him, I think the Warriors should be able to come home. Yeah, I'm putting my um, biased hat on, mate. We're in my heart on my sleeve this week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel it. I feel I owe it to the boys after not tipping them last week. Um. Yeah, I, I think I think we'll do it. A lot of players coming back, and yeah, I, th- I think this would be the first time we go back to back all year, is it, or is it not? Am I mistaken? It it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, we're going to do that. Which hundred percent. Yeah. It makes me a bit more nervous with the pick, but yeah, <laughs> um, all the fingers are crossed. Um, yep. That takes us to the second game on Saturday, which is the Roosters Panthers. Um, I've gone with the Panthers here. Um, the Roosters have been good, but I think when you put them up against like the the top two teams in the comp, I think you will see how bad, or not how bad, but their depth will be tested against these top tier teams. So I think the Panthers will have something to prove after being embarrassed 
against the Storm. So I think they'll come out with a little bit of extra oomph and get the job done. Mm. I, I Yeah, this one I thought might be a bit tighter than, uh, you know, what, what I might have thought. The Roosters looked pretty good the past, well, definitely over the weekend they were really good. And the Panthers recently haven't looked like that team that's sitting in second. You know, I might have put them a tier below the Rabbitohs on form and Manly, you know, the way they've yeah. been playing. But I know that Cleary's close to coming back. And if he does come back this week, then I'm, I was giving it to the Panthers. Yeah. And then uh, the final game on Saturday is probably the game of the round. Um, sea Eagles versus Storm. Um, I, I know I've been talking so much praise about Manly, but I'm going with the Storm in this one. I think, as I said, the Storm have been unstoppable, but I'm really interested to see how good Manly go going up against what is the best team in the comp right now. Yeah, Warriors game aside this weekend, this got this game circled as a can't miss for sure. Um, yeah. I've picked Storm as well because it's just how do you tip against them this season? But this will be their biggest test in a while, playing a red, red hot Seagulls side. And if Tommy Turbo turns up, you know, they could well make a game of it. But a tipping Storm. Yep. And uh, cheers for watching, Nigel. Nigel's got to go because we're, we're going longer than we've ever had before. Yes. Sorry, um, Nigel. <laughs> we're, we're almost finished. But yeah, see you next week. Um, so then the second to last game, we've got Bulldogs versus Tigers. Um, I've gone with the Tigers here. Um, Tigers have looked a mess, but the Bulldogs are wooden spoon at the moment for a reason. So mm. I've gone with the Tigers. You weren't tempted at all by Bulldogs? Tigers look pretty no. bad against us and no Dane Laurie. No. No, I picked Tigers as well because the Bulldogs are <laughs> the Bulldogs. But, yeah, I actually was tempted as to pick the Bulldogs just as a different tip to you, but... No, yeah, it's t- like like the storm are too easy, are too hard to tip against. The bulldogs are too hard to tip for. Yeah, it's a banana skin game, I think for sure for the tigers. But yeah, they should yeah. get the job done. And that takes us to the last game of the round, which is the titans versus cowboys. Um, I've gone with titans. Titans have been looking good the last few weeks, and the cowboys have been looking bad. As mm. basic as that. Yeah, same here. Cowboys have been awful, and titans have started making a comeback. So. See yeah, and yeah, and Simon, for people that are listening, uh, Simon's picks, he's picked the Raiders by six, the Rabbitohs by eight, the Sharks by four, Roosters by four, Storm by 14, Bulldogs by four, and Titans by eight. He did take so, the Bulldogs. Um, I like that. Yeah. See? Um, yeah, good picks there. Um, hopefully we got the Warriors one right, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've gone quite long in the show this week, so um, I will skip – the Super League stuff. The only thing I'll say is George Williams um, made his debut for Warrington and slotted a match-winning field goal yeah. um, in his debut. So uh, good to see him hit the ground running there. Um, but we'll we'll hopefully go over the games a bit more next week since we are a bit long in the tooth tonight. So um, before we go, anything else you want to add, Rich? Uh, no, just thanks for your questions, guys. Um, good chatting footy with 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You all, as always, and hope to see you all next week. Yep. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on rugby league. Tune into the show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, and cheers again for joining me tonight, Richie, and good night, everyone. Yes.